Um, was um, given a tenured position. He was offered and accepted, so he was uh, to be working at the university. And a resounding good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Peace and grace. Good afternoon. Today is Wednesday, August the 9th, 2023. I'm Rochelle Wilson here at the studios, WHGE 95.3 FM, on the corner of 9th and Pine. Today is the Political Power Hour. Every Wednesday, the Political Power Hour. And I do have a host of things that I need to share with you. However, I've got to tell you, it is to our good fortune that today at 5 o'clock p.m., the mayor for the city of Wilmington, Mayor Michael Przicki, will be here at Ninth and Pine for a community service engagement. Uh, the unveiling, the announcement of more community engagement services and policing available here on the east side where we have east side pride here at WHGE. It is our deepest and most sincere intentions. It is my intention, Rochelle Wilson, to engage Mayor Michael Przicki and put him in the seat and engage him in the conversation that needs to be had. All right. So we want to talk to him about a couple of different things. Obviously, we would start off with the uh, new community engagement policing here on the east side. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it must be election season. I've got to say, in all fairness, as much as I respect Michael, Mike Przicki, Mayor Michael Przicki, uh, and I've interviewed him before. I've got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I have not seen as much police presence in the entire year, year and a half that I've been here uh, as I see today. There is police everywhere. Uh, they're setting up chairs. They're going to give out ice cream and some other uh, amenities and things of such nature. But the most important thing is that we will physically see Mayor Michael Przicki on the east side of Wilmington, to my knowledge, for the first time during his four-year tenure as the mayor for the city of Wilmington. And if I'm wrong, if I have erred in my broadcast, in my reporting, please feel free to correct me. I do apologize. I mean no harm. But my eyeballs have not seen Mayor Przicki on the east side of Wilmington in four years. So I'm very excited to see him here today. And I've already spoken with Chief uh, Ogden, Chief of Staff Ogden, uh, Mr. Ogden, who is uh, telling me that there's a 90% chance that we will get Mayor Przicki in the seat here at WHGE. All right. So let's pray that that 90 percent turns into 100 percent. I won't know until five o'clock. All right. At five o'clock, I will know for sure and I will get him in the seat. And by the grace of God, we will be able to engage him in a pleasant and respectful 
conversation. So uh, to my Facebook friends and family, my YouTube audience, TikTok, Spotify, Instagram, please be prepared to hear the comments in the interview that I will be having with Mayor Przicki at just most likely, uh, say, 515. The moment he arrives, he's got to shake hands and say hello to people. But I'm hoping that no later than 530, if not sooner, he will be sitting in the seat and we will engage him in a conversation. All right. So stay with me for that. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay with me for that. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. And I assure you, my dear friend and advocate, my comrade, Brandon Fletcher will be on the scene uh, as well. So we'll see how it works out. All right. But in the interim, uh, I wanted to share some other information with you, uh, something that came in through my emails and I thought it was important enough that I want to bring it to your attention. So many of us know here in the city of Wilmington, particularly our underserved communities, we know that there is a drug infestation. There is a drug infestation. If the folks aren't selling the drugs, uh, people are taking the drugs. Uh, people are dying from the drugs, right? We're very familiar with the, the effects of fentanyl. All it takes is the amount of what you can put on a the tip of a needle of fentanyl is enough to kill you under the right circumstances and conditions. And black people in America, not just the state of Delaware, but in America, people, black people are dying they are dying. So this came uh, across my email and I thought perhaps it was worthy of sharing with you. You make the decision. I'm just going to read the email to you and you make the decision whether or not it's relative or if it's important. So the email says that the Brandywine Counseling, uh, yes, Brandywine Counseling, is uh, help Delaware launch a dual strips to help prevent overdoses. Brandywine Counseling was part of a partnership with the Lieutenant Governor's Office. Uh, the current Lieutenant Governor, as we all know for the state of Delaware, is Bethany Hall Long. Bethany Hall Long uh, to make Delaware the first state in the nation to offer test strips that detect both the presence of fentanyl and Xylazine. The Center for Disease Control describes the test scripts as a low-cost method of helping prevent drug overdoses and reducing HAM. <clears throat> and I must say, ladies and gentlemen, please forgive me for my ignorance. I do not know what H-A-M stands for. HAM. Uh, I, I can think of some things, but I don't know what it actually stands for. At any rate, Brandywine Counseling and the Lieutenant Governor's Office um, to help prevent drug overdoses and, and reduce HAM, H-A-M. Strips were distributed uh, for the 4th of July holiday week as a pilot program, and we are seeking funding to expand the effort. 
So, um, with that, it says looking for an announcement later this month on a big step forward to increasing access and better serving the community. The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. And that is a quote from Coretta Scott King. We love you, Coretta Scott King. And we thank you, Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long and Brandywine Counseling. So I do not know what ham means. Perhaps you can enlighten me, uh, educate me on what that means. But I'm very familiar on fentanyl and xylazine. Okay, the Center for Disease Control is describing these strips, these test strips, as a low-cost method of helping to prevent drug overdoses. And we certainly need that uh, in the state of Delaware, but all across America, we need something. Something has to happen to save lives. And, and, you know, for those folks who are, you know, the white supremacists who love to see black, brown and golden people die of overdoses, let me be clear and, and, and make sure that you understand white supremacists that it doesn't become a problem for black folks and the nation until it becomes a problem for white society. That's when it's a problem and that's when people want to do something about it. So apparently it's not just killing black, brown and golden people at disproportionate rates. It's also killing white society. Fentanyl is the devil. It's the bad, 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 bad thing. But people are taking it, uh, self-medicating. Perhaps they're dealing with mental or emotional traumas and issues. They really need counseling. All right. They need to sit with a counselor and they need somebody to love them and care about them. And perhaps a good paying job would help. Many of these people uh, that we see in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, on Allegheny Avenue, we see the devastation and the destruction that drugs have done. And these are communities where people live in these houses. And yet right there on the corner of Allegheny Avenue, you will see a plethora of absolute uh, just devastation. I, I think that's the only word that really comes to my mind is complete and utter devastation to black, brown, and golden people and our white brothers and sisters. So something has to be done about the fentanyl. And don't forget, Trank, fentanyl mixed with horse tranquilizer, okay? For some reason, people think that's a cool thing to do. And it is killing them. And not just old people my age, but young people. Young people are dying of this. It's They're dying. Something has to be done. So bravo to Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long, all right, uh, which I do have confirmation she will be joining me here in the seat reserved for her. She will be here in October. We will be interviewing Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long. All right. So I'm really excited about that. But in the interim, as we thank her for all of her initiatives and her achievements, I've got to tell you more has to be done. 
people are dying from the drugs. People are dying. It's, they're just dying. And if you have a family or loved one, uh, someone that you care about who is dealing with a drug problem, perhaps an alcohol problem, whatever the addiction is, and there are as many addictions as there are human beings, we do offer services here on the East Side by the Afro-American Historical Society, East Side Pride, as well as Central Baptist Church every single Tuesday from 645 until 830. We offer counseling, conversation, snacks, uh, you know, get to make a new friend, network, and let's deal with the issue of the addiction. But under every single addiction is an underlying cause. People didn't just wake up one morning and say, oh, let me become addicted to drugs. That sounds like a cool thing to do. No. People get hooked on it by a very, a various different reasons, including alcohol. Including alcohol. There are many alcoholics in the United States of, of America. Of course, all over the world. But alcohol was made legal, right, after the prohibition in the 20s. Alcohol was made as the legal drug. And there have been more crimes committed because of alcohol-induced, uh, you know, thinking than anyone has ever done off of marijuana. Alcohol. I think, in my personal opinion, and this is not statistical fact, this is Rochelle Wilson speaking, I think that alcohol is more damaging than any other substance on the table outside of fentanyl uh, and, and, and the trank. That's my thoughts, and I could be completely wrong. The good thing is, because I'm a journalist, I have my own intellectual property. All of these thoughts are mine. The words that proceed from my mouth, I take full accountability. They belong to me and me alone. Rochelle Wilson makes some intelligent noise. And I'm allowed to express my thoughts and viewpoints based on the constitutional rights of the United States of America. So that's my two cents in that particular cookie jar. But bring your friends, your family. If you love them, you care about them, you want to see them do well, please bring them on over here to the east side. And we've got something uh, over on the north side that has been established for many, many years. Since I was a young girl, I remember walking by 27th and Washington Street called the 1212 Building. I, I don't know if it has any other name, but that's the only name I've ever known it as, the 1212 Building. And uh, there, they do the 12 steps of recovery from addictions, as well as other things. They have other programs there as well. So whether you're here on the east side, Ninth and Pine at Central Baptist Church, or if you're over on the north side at the 1212 building on 27th and Washington Street, sits right on the corner, can't miss it. These places are available to help people overcome the addictions. It helps them. So bring your friends and your family, your loved ones, the people that need help, get them some help. If you truly love them and you truly care, you will get them some help. That's what you'll do because you truly care. 
All right. So that's my two cents right there. And my cookie jar is filling up. And so uh, I keep putting two cents in it. Eventually, I'm going to be a millionaire if I continue to put my two cents in the cookie jar. All right. Um, And I just wanted to give you a brief, very brief update on our friend, your friend and mine, Brother Dwight Davis. Brother Dwight Davis has been working for years on reparations for the black, brown, and golden people, for slaves, the former uh, slaves, right? The ancestry of the slaves that were here in the state of Delaware, Dwight Davis is working on reparations. And remember, all of the white slave owners in the state of Delaware, as well as all of them in the nation, but since I'm in Delaware, I'm going to talk about Delaware, those slave owners already received reparations for the finances that they would lose in labor, in slave labor. So they were given money because they gave up their slaves. They had no choice to give up, but to give up the slaves. All right. And and remember, ladies and gentlemen, most of us know this, but let's just make a quick sidebar. We know that slavery ended, allegedly, right? Allegedly, slavery ended in 1863 because the Civil War, the North against the South, uh, the North said it wasn't good to have slaves, right? That's what they said. And it was uh, inhumane. Uh, It wasn't humanitarian decency. So let's get rid of the slaves. That's what we think. That's what the history books want us to believe. But please know the truth. The reason that slavery came to an end or was abolished allegedly in 1863 is because of the industry. The South was making so much money. Up North, we had uh, plants and, uh, you know, machineries and, and that sort of thing. We were doing industrial stuff and we had people working uh, to make all sorts of different types of equipment for the wars and uh, clothing and you name it. That's what we were doing up North in the 1800s. But the South had such a monopoly on the finances Because of slave labor, the cotton, tobacco, uh, gin, uh, and just so many other things that we were producing, you know, field and crops and and, and all kinds of things here uh, in the South, that the, the financing was not level. And the folks in the North, they were in their feelings about that. They felt some kind of way about all of this money being generated in the South and the North was not getting that amount of money. So they said, if you take away the slaves, ha, imagine that, take away the slaves and make folks work their own fields. Now, can you just imagine, let's stop and think about that a moment. Let's imagine master working his own cotton fields. Let's take a moment to think about that. Hmm. White master and his wife working the cotton fields, the tobacco fields, the gin fields, uh, the all of the fields. Imagine that. Nope. 
Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so rather than have this uh, imbalance of economics of the South over the North, they decided to get rid of the slaves, let the black folks go and make it a fair level playing field where everybody's got to work for their own. Now we know that even though we were physically released from alleged slavery, uh, slavery continued on for many, many years after that. Uh, we were promised, uh, you know, we could sleep there and uh, share crop. We go get some of the proceeds as long as we continue to work their fields and pick their cotton and tobacco and things uh, that we would be safe on those plantations. And there were some blacks who didn't know what else to do. Uh, families had been broken and separated. You didn't know where your husband and your wife or your children were. And so they just kind of, you know, defeated in their spirit, their spirits were defeated. And so they stayed on these plantations, continued to work for nothing more uh, than, than, than room and board, right? A meal and a place to sleep. I mean, many of the slaves that stayed were the same slaves that had been born on the plantation, not the slaves that had come from the, you know, from imported here, but the ones that had been born here they just decided to stay on the plantation and work the fields. But many, many, many of the other released slaves made a decision to go north and to start looking for family. Some went south to look for their family. Uh, they built their, they began to build their own communities, their own uh, engagements and, and their hospitals, banking institutions, schools, uh, higher learning, churches. We had, we, we started doing that. We came together as communities, groups of black folks, free slaves, and start beginning our own communities. And we did really, really very, very well. But you know what happened after that. You know what happened when we built communities. You know what people felt. They didn't like seeing us do well. And so you know what happened when we built our communities, right? You know it, you know the story. But there were many slaves who also went north and decided to get involved in uh, working in the industries, right? And they had to compete with what was considered at that time the poor whites, which were mostly our Irish descendants who were fighting for jobs in these labor laborious industries. And many of them were dirty and laborious, working machinery and, and various different things here up north. So the free slaves and the Irish and the whites had to kind of compete for these jobs. And that didn't work out well because that was the point where the upper echelon whites begin to tell these what they considered as poor whites. Many of them were Irish descendants. The upper echelon white began to tell the poor whites that they were so much better than the blacks that they should behave a particular type of way. Right? And thus... There we go. We have uh, a whole bunch of shenanigans between our freed blacks and our poor whites that were once friends 
because we were in the same same boat almost. Even though many of the whites weren't slaves, I assure you they were indentured servants. Indentured servants. So they weren't much higher than the black uh, slaves. All right. But there was a camaraderie amongst us where we could all get along because we were in the same boat. But then someone came up with the bright idea to separate that in order to prevent a revolt, in order to prevent a revolution, having the blacks and the Irish join forces and revolt they began to tell the Irish or these whites, poor whites, that they were so much better than these. And I, I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to say the N word, but you know what the N word stands for. N-I-G-G-E-R-S. That they were so much better than us that they should behave a certain particular type of way to show that they were above us. And that caused a lot of dissension, a lot of a lot of animosity, because people who were once okay with each other, who were kind of cool with each other, who almost were kind of friendly, kind of comrades. Now there was a fight. There was there was a separation. Disdain. Between the poor whites and the freed blacks. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my sidebar. I went off on a tangent. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is that uh, Brother Dwight Davis, who I pray that we are all working to support him. He's been at this for years. And I can't tell you how many, but I know since I've been doing it as a journalist, since I've been doing radio and broadcasting, uh, you know, here at WHG, I'm looking at at least five years Five years, Dwight Davis has been working on reparations for the state of Delaware uh, for the ancestors of slaves, freed slaves. And <clears throat> pardon me, one place that we are with that uh, is saying, let's see. Well, he sent me an email and I'm simply going to read the email to you. Uh, I don't know that I can read it in its entirety. It's got to be, it's quite long, but uh, I'll get through as much as I can. And this is just information for you to know so that you can make conscious decisions, intelligent decisions on how you want to move forward, right? You need to have good information. So that's what I'm here to do. At WHGE, I am Rochelle Wilson, make some intelligent noise. The justice movement for equal and systemic justice across the board. So here's the email that I received from our good brother we love so much, Brother Dwight Davis. It says to the Wilmington City Council Reparations Task Force 101. Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, has blessed the overburdened communities of black and brown people along the Route 9 corridor up to Claymont. The same logistics of the Wilmington Port expansion, now under a new operator called Instructure, E-N-S-T-R-U-C-T-U-R-E, Instructure new operator called Instructure. 
Recent media reports are that the Route 9 Corridor Environmental Team, Justice 40, and the Claymont Link Environmental Team have collectively received $4.5 million from the Bezos Fund to help remediate and address some of the serious environmental problems along the Route 9 Corridor such as Hamilton Park, Simons Gardens, Eden Park, and up to the Claymont 100 acres of land connected to the old Phoenix Steel Mill. Steel Mill, which is where a lot of uh, the free blacks from uh, down south, they came here and they began to work in the steel mills. All right, so, uh, uh, and up to Claymont, 100 acres of land connected to the old Phoenix Steel Mill. But what about the 37 acres of toxic environmental contaminated land connected to the Warren Buffett Gentrification Purpose Built Project in Riverside? Let me say that again. What about the 37 acres of toxic environmental contaminated land connected to the Warren Buffett gentrification purpose built project in Riverside? Who will help the residents of those communities that surround the 37 acres? Who will address those environmental problems? Perhaps... Some of the 50 million given to the Wilmington Housing Authority by the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development will not only be utilized to construct an additional 500 units of housing, but also protect the riverbanks from the erosion that certainly will certainly overcome the dredging of the waterway. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, and, and let me just repeat that to make sure that I comprehend it. And in case you're just now tuning in, I want to make sure that you got it as well. Perhaps some of the $50 million given to the Wilmington Housing Authority by the United States Department of Urban Development will not only be utilized to construct an additional 500 units of housing, but it will also be used to protect the riverbanks from the erosion that will certainly overcome the dredging of the waterway. There will be a meeting at the Rose Hill Community Center today August 9th, today, August 9th, a meeting at the Rose Hill Community Center at 6 o'clock p.m. to discuss these issues and concerns. It says, your brother, Attorney General for the People, Dwight L. Davis. Yes. So tonight, 6 o'clock, Rose Hill Community Center in Wilmington. This is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. 
at 6 o'clock p.m. tonight, Rose Hill Community Center, to find out what are you going to do with the $50 million given to you by the, by the housing uh, and urban development. What are you going to do? $50 million. Sure, you're going to be able to build 500 more units of housing. We think that's wonderful. But certainly there's a little something left over, some surplus. All right. We want to talk about what else can be done with 50 million. You don't need 50 million dollars to build 500 more units. You don't need 50 million dollars. I'm pretty sure you don't need 50 million. All right. Almost positive that you don't. But what do I know? I'm Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE. Make some intelligent noise. The justice movement. All right. So. Uh, the other thing, one more thing I've got to bring to your attention, and then I'm going to skedaddle outside in my attempt, right? My passionate attempt in order to obtain Mayor Michael Przicki. Mayor Michael Przicki is here right now. I can hear all the background noise. He's outside and he's having a press conference about what's happening here on the east side. Now don't don't be don't be alarmed when I tell you that the building we're in for WHGE is a hot item, a hot ticket item on the agenda for gentrification. They want this building. And I've seen the photos of what they're going to do to this particular building which is owned and operated by none other than Mr. Harmon Carey. He owns this building as well as a plethora of other buildings that he owns. But they want this building. They want this building where the radio station is located for gentrification. They want to build it up, fix it up, make it beautiful so folks from other neighborhoods can move into these neighborhoods uh, and be closer to their work gentrification. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's 10 minutes after five and I've got to get out here and grab a hold of mayor Michael Przicki in hopes that I will be able to engage him in a conversation. But before I do that, I don't want to get sidetracked. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one other thing that I have to share with you. Uh, it just breaks my heart when I see it. But it's very real. And let me share with you that child abduction and human trafficking is at an all time high. If your child goes missing, you need to act fast. So they are now they now have a free child safety kit where you can get fingerprints, uh, photos, blood type, medical history, height, weight, even your child's DNA and put it on file. So if the Amber Alert, if you ever call in and say my baby is missing or if somebody in a big van came along and snatched up my little baby, especially my baby girl, because little black girls are a hot ticket for abduction, for sex trafficking. Our little black girls have been abducted for sex trafficking and for their organs. And it's at an all time high. So I really need you to please get in touch. You know, um, they do have a, a way that you can scan the code. I cannot scan the code, but I am telling you now, 
if you get in touch with any anywhere in the state of Delaware and certainly probably all over the nation, simply get in touch with your particular uh, um, state troopers office. Get in touch with the state troopers office, call them, make an inquiry of how can you get the free child safety kit for the Amber Alert for your baby, for your baby. And, and, and really, you know, as far as I'm concerned, your baby is anything 18 and under. That's your baby, especially our little girls for sex trafficking and for their organs. We've got to stop. We've got to stop these people from doing these horrible things. We've got to protect our children. So for right now, for this exact moment, I'm going to close out this report, but I pray that you will stay locked in at WHGE 95.3 FM. I will be right back as soon as I am able to get my arms around Mayor Michael Przicki and bring him here into the studio if he agrees to engage me. All right. I'm Rochelle Wilson. God loves you. And so too do I be good to yourselves. I'll be right back.